Yeah, absolutely. Man. No, I'm, I'm stoked to be on here. It's uh, it's gonna be wicked. And we are live now. Oh, this is good. All right, guys. So welcome to another episode of Drinks and Dogs. Um, I got two guys I greatly respect in the decoy world. Um, Andy Kruger, uh, French Ring Super Select. I don't know the, all the stuff that you guys do. Sean, I have to ask you, how the fuck do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> okay, it's it's actually pretty easy. It's pronounced exactly like how you look at it. It's just Sean Thankichin. Thankichin. Um, okay, cool. I was like, that's one thing that I was worried about. I was like, I'm gonna butcher this man's last name like I butcher everyone's name. Man. Even now, like, like when we just got off the screen with Roman, I was like, fucking, I was like, his name's not Ramen, like I like top Ramen. It's like Roman. I'm like, good. <laughs> like, I butchered that. But we got Sean Thankichin. I believe that you're probably one of the first PSA decoys I've ever even like heard of and saw of. And like that, I was like, that's a cool thing. So another, both, you know, I would, in my consideration, I would say like national world level decoys um, and, you know, just great human beings in general. So, you know, that's why we're doing this today. So to the, the whole purpose of drinks and dogs in general, actually, let me cheers you guys real quick. Cheers, cheers guys. Cheers. Sounds like protein shake. <laughs> I got a rule: no drinking in the weeks. I'm I'm pretty regimented that way. Shit, that's how it has to be sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Dude, yeah. uh, so the whole purpose of like drinks and dogs essentially is to kind of bring like the dog community in and di share different perspectives, different views, uh, and different qualities. Like as you guys know, like in the sport world, when it comes to like even decoy work in sport, like the sport work or just personal protection, law enforcement. You know, there's a lot of different views uh, in what is good and what is, you know, what people want out of it. Um, and it's perfect the fact that, like, the, you guys are in, involved in this and, like, when we're talking, because it is it's very much, like, a diverse, different thing. Like, I know, like, Andy, like, you're you're primarily French ring, right? Right. Dude, so give me give give me the rundown on the, the, the French ring titles and all the stuff that you, you're doing now and all that. Um, you know, just your deep, your background, essentially your introduction. All right. Well, shoot, man. Um, I got started going uh, in about 2008, 2009, do like police stuff, and then uh, I worked my way into PSA, where I was a PSA boy for quite some time, maybe maybe four or so years. I was decoying PSA, um, and then I kind of stumbled into French Ring, which just for me personally was like, like left behind. Like, okay, this is it for me. Um, so I identified as a decoy in French Ring in 2013, and pretty much ever since then, um, in in French Ring, there's levels to being a decoy just like the dog so you're a level one decoy level two decoy level three decoy obviously level three best obviously that's that's the place that i want to be so i got my level one in 2013 i got my level two in 2015 and then i got my level three in 2016 um so that was kind of like time and that was that Kind of the journey for me and then um see my dog you know I'm french ring also so my dog jasper gonna be five 
uh, next month. So pretty much got him five years ago and about a year, maybe two, you know, a couple years ago, we, we got our ring three. Uh, so, so that was a good accomplishment for us. So it's been nice to be able to, to see those support both sides, a, hammer, uh, a competitive decoy, uh, and then a, I, I, a trainer as well. So that's been a little bit of the, the journey for me. Awesome. Awesome, man. I, I, I didn't even know that you're a PSA decoy. Um, yeah. And then, Sean, you do both too, right? You do French ring and you do PSA, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm still really, really new to French ring. I've only been training French ring for the last kind of year and a half. Um, we're actually, we got a pretty cool setup out at our facility. So um, basically the field is split on two sides. One side is a full-size set up for French ring. Um, that's where they host their trials and stuff. It's a separate club. Um, and then we have our PSA club on the other side of the field and then the facility right in the middle of it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's still really, really new to me. I wouldn't call myself a French ring decoy. I haven't done the selection yet. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely super interesting sport. I see a ton of value in it and tons of things cross over into PSA, which is where my heart's kind of been for the last, uh, about a decade now. Um, I've only been uh, certified. This will be my fourth trial season this year that we're going on. Um, you know, it's kind of been cut a little bit short, I think, just with kind of the corona stuff where it's going to have a late start. I was lucky to squeeze in a trial in January uh, out in Tampa. Um, but yeah, I, as far as decoying goes, I kind of got into it because my family owned a company called Ultimate Canine Bodyguards up here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And um, for the longest time, he was just kind of like the personal protection, uh, you know, civil trainer. And then he wanted to kind of look into sports. And I think it was a pretty easy uh, transition or smoother transition, let's say, uh, to look at something like PSA back then, um, kind of circa 2012-ish, um, 2011-ish. And uh, so, yeah, we kind of the, made the shift with a couple Kane Corsos he had and um it's all history from there i mean i you know i was lucky to grow up around a dog training facility my dad had suits um i probably took my first bite around 10 to 12 and then yeah i mean at that point i was just kind of forced into it though you know what i mean so i, wasn't, <laughs> I, I maybe didn't like it like i do nowadays but um, um kind of once i got a little bit older through kind of high school and stuff i really started to take appreciation for it and then similar story to Andy, once I got my own dog, um, it kind of changed my world and my, and my perspective on sport and how competitive I was, uh, especially with kind of my fight career kind of coming to a little bit of a halt after I finished uh, university. And um, I kind of, kind of was looking for something to be super competitive in. And then not only could I do it with my dog, but I could do it on a decoy level and on my own personal level. Um, and it's kind of been history since then, just kind of going at it as much as I can. Now, I got a question for Andy real quick before we hop on to the next thing. Yeah. Do you do you ever get the opportunity in ring to both trial and decoy underneath the same trial at all? Have you ever, I don't know if they allow that or not. Um, You can, but not the same level. Like, I'm competing. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. For days, ones and twos right but i couldn't right. decoy my dogs in right yeah do you do you like to decoy and trial at the same time 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's always yeah. different with decoy to decoy. So I just wanted to kind of ask that. <laughs> I liked it when, like, when my dog was going through the lower levels, like Brevet, ring one, ring two. Like, I could trial him. I could decoy the ring three, which is like, if you know ring, like, yeah. ring, like, that's where it's a little different than PSA sense to where, like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like, I feel like PSA, like, you get to the level three, like you get it, and like usually the dog fires, or maybe they do three like another time or two, but like in French ring, it's like yeah, brevet two, yeah. Okay, now we're actually ready to start the dog. We're ready to start competing. So that's what like right. decoying ring three, like that. That's the best part about ring for sure ring three that's where that's where you play yeah. with the big boy yeah 100 what's your favorite exercise i like the downfield stuff dude i like the face attack okay. i like the face attack, attack. yeah face nice. attack dude. a really really good decoy would probably be like oh i like the basket the basket oh, well, <laughs> i want the downfield yeah, Fun. that's cool. <laughs> Respect that. That was actually like my first like approach to ring. Like it was years, years, years back. I think it was like almost like eight years ago. First time I put on the suit, it's like all right, it's like it's a ring dog. It's like you know, just pivot, use the pivot. Like we use like a little barrel, put it in front of it. Right. He's like all right, yeah. just learn how to scoop and move. He's like you fight, you can find, you're good. Just was not good my first fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck. I got laid the fuck out. Like, <laughs> like literally it's on my face. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, well, that wasn't um, that. I like it, but like, <laughs> yeah. Funny story. Never... Oh, yeah, oh, fucking... you guys. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say funny story. You know, coming from PSA and kind of dabbling and getting kind of serious into French ring has been a pretty tough one too because similar boat we're really only used to using one limb primarily 85% of the time it's a left bicep dog and then trying to go to a sport where everything is taught pivots and all the dogs in our in our French ring club are, are pretty solid in that in that area so like you just forget you have a right arm and you forget you have you know a right leg um and, and you know, even when you think you move out of the way for like an escape, you're like, oh, the dog will bite me in the chest too. So, <laughs> you know, it's just so different. But yeah, that's that's what I think about ring man. It's a little bit more um, like the a good dog. A good dog will bite you anywhere. They'll bite you here. They'll bite you here. They'll bite anywhere. Uh, when I was going from PSA over to ring, like in PSA, it's always and like. Dick is right here, and like I got really used to that, like muscle memory. But then in yeah. ring, you're down, big time. Who in and the dog? Mm -hmm. Totally. I was doing both PSA and ring for maybe like a year. Like when I was kind of, I was doing trialing, uh, decoy for both sports. Um, so it was like kind of weird having to like, oh, oh. But like I said, after a little while, you know, French ring was just kind of like, you're coming this way. Yeah. So went all in on it. Hey, yeah. That's a, 
that's the hard thing that I've seen like in transition. Cause before, let's say like 15 years ago when I started uh, doing helper work in Schutzen, I, I started there and then went into like suit work and like just transitioning through just different movements and understanding of like what the goals are in between each individual, you know, sports. Like that was like one of like the hardest things like that, like just switching like behavioral patterns. Like I, I use the, like the analogy, like when I, when I was, tra- when I was a boxer, uh, you know, you use a wide stance, you know, your hands are out, like, you know, your feet are out, like your hands are up. Like I use a Philly shell and then, you know, when I went to Muay Thai, my fucking leg got destroyed because <laughs> the square, like, stands like, just like, I remember getting my ass whooped by this, uh, and the, the, the Gaston probably doesn't even remember this, but Gaston Bellano is the dream killer. Um, he's like, uh, he's in Bellator, but I remember the first time I ended up sparring, like, that's one of the first people I sparred with, but because I was a professional fighter, he was, you know, he was there too, and he just blew the fuck out of my goddamn leg. Like, it was like, and like I'm using like you know professional level skills here, and like I think about this same way when it comes to like decoying work. Um, I'm like these like you know dig decoying work. I'm like it's like the same thing. It's like okay, cool. Like I know how to catch the dog here, I know how to move here, I know how to move here and move here. But like you know switching through the different variations, it it there is a, a vast you know difference. And you know you big time. Yeah, but that's how you make a good decoy. I mean, I think like a good decoy is someone who can decoy all things. I get the question all the time too, like, you know, switching because I, I actually enjoy training both and, you know, I don't know if I'll ever make it to kind of the uh, trial level or, or kind of selection for French ring. Uh, my, my head French ring decoy is trying to kind of force me to that, that corner. But, um, uh, you know, people ask me all this all the time in PSA because, you know, the one most important thing um when you when you get into psa is not leaving your line and you cannot come off your straight line right you're supposed to go straight at the dog rather than just come off the line um as in ring so uh yeah tons of people are always asking the question you know like training both how do you prepare yourself and and kind of look at it from that perspective and um i do it just like i do in dog training man i cue myself you know like when i'm about to do a courage test in a psa uh scenario or psa practice or trial I go down to like my knees, a certain position. I take a few, you know, specific amount of breaths. I get ready and, and legitimately cue myself as if you're going to do, you know, a, a, a broad jump or, you know, a, a palisade or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then ring completely different. I have to, I have to cue myself. Otherwise I end up like what Andy said with my stick up in the air um, <laughs> and I have to force myself with my stick out front the whole time. Otherwise it's coming right back up here. <laughs> What ring club do you train with? Uh, it's called Caliber Canine um, North. I think you've actually caught a few of our, our club dogs um, from Lori, uh, Mojito yeah. and Chaos. Yeah, 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 Lori. Good dogs too. Yeah, man. Yeah, so we, we actually just, we're lucky. We got to sneak a French ring trial in because we brought out our Canadian judge, Ryan Venables. Uh, last oh, week, uh, one of the clubs brought him out for a trial. So we actually got to have a trial. Um, but Not- on the, on the PSA side, we haven't been so lucky just because there's no Canadian judges quite yet. So um, we got to wait till the border opens up. <laughs> I hear you. You're in so I, you're in Canada. Yeah, on the west side, so in Calgary, Alberta. Okay, nice, nice. And nice. Uh, obviously Cincinnati. So I'm sure you're well aware of all the guys down in Ohio for PSA. Joe Parks. Uh, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what. Parks has a heart of gold. That guy is awesome. I oh, 
absolutely he's a good guy totally totally and all of his club members kyle kelsey murphy all of them they're all like you know top stuff yeah Dude, uh, Kel nice. kyle's the dancing decoy right yeah that's right yeah dude i've Legitimately never met some of the nicest guys. people i've ever met i've never met them ever i've just seen them online and like just the shit that they post like just by them in general I'm like like you, you guys are fucking funny as fuck. <laughs> like, oh I, yeah, I, totally. I need to hang out and like actually have a drink with you guys because like you guys are uh, <laughs> you know, working dogs just because like you guys are just look funny and shit. Like that's just fucking cool. Absolutely, I think they're trying to come like TikTok famous too. Actually, Andy, I checked out your page and I think you're like pretty much TikTok famous too, right? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. What does that mean? <laughs> what did you uh? What so? <laughs> Our producer for the documentary that we have, uh, he's he's TikTok famous, quote unquote. But did you know that you can actually monetize that shit? Like you can actually get like, if you go on TikTok no and way. if you have like, I think like over a hundred k followers, like you can people can pay you to be live. No Why? way. I'm sure. I just like I know I don't use TikTok like supposed to use it at all. I pretty much just like songs out of there and like them <laughs> I bite words. Uh but I yeah. think, like it's still fun. I know I'm not using it right, but like the way I Matt, use it. I'm like <laughs> I, I don't use it at all. I just use it to creep other people's videos. I'm one of those people but um yeah, yeah no it's like, I mean if you're if you're if you're going with it you might as well go all the way in right <laughs> right, right. I, mean, shit. <laughs> I mean that's what we do with the dog training stuff so that's right 100 <laughs> percent so um so obviously like we know like the sports that we you guys are all training in and like you know and going into you know the stuff you do do you guys ever feel like there's a difference between um training like the sport work that we that you guys do um versus like training like you know when it comes to like law enforcement or working with like um you know quote unquote you know real dogs um all of those other things like do you feel there's a difference between the the decoying yeah i mean if if First, uh, for me, like for French, um, like a police dog is very basic. I mean that in like a condescending way. Police dogs extremely basic. Like they to shit out of you. Hmm. Hard bite, everything else that goes into it, but it's gonna be. Ring, uh, you train your dog, but now your dog has to be a guy that knows how to unravel the training. The decoy is going to analyze your dog and then attempt to pick him apart and not allow him to get bit. Whereas the guy on the street, on the street, he's never been bitten by a dog. He doesn't he's going to be bit by a dog trained to combat a dog so luckily a police dog there could be a, a lot more successful with minimal training because, uh you know their adversary doesn't have the level that they do ring dog the decoy is yeah. going to be is very experienced and whether you're a big fat hard biter he's going to know how to how to apart and to take minimal damage if if any at all 
So, like, I totally don't mean that in like a condescending way, but like for for French ring at least, uh, the biting behaviors and the is they're so complicated. It takes so, so much training. Um, just a just a totally different game. I mean, and you can't compare them. I mean, I love both. You know, I love I good police dog. Um, I like working with them sometimes, but for me, that's the difference. Uh, a sport dog, ring specifically, the decoy is going to be have as much training as a dog, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. And see, in PSA, there's there's a ton of you know uh, of of teams that are in, in service right now that are still super successful because of the actual sport itself and, and the actual mechanics they're looking for. Uh, where a lot of police dog training kind of boils right back to, right? I mean, um, you know, even going right down to Jerry and all of his foundation, where it comes from too, and where it's, where it's kind of directed to. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a ton of dogs um, out there actively competing that are, are service dogs. Now, where it gets a little bit contradicting in sport work, uh, spe specifically in PSA, is let's say in the upper levels. So let's say um, I got a buddy of mine down in Utah uh, Robert Barlow, and he's got some really nice dogs. And one of them, uh, actually a Malinois named Judge, you know, absolute crazy dog comes down the field, you know, feels like a hundred miles an hour. doesn't slow down one little bit. He's had tons of live bites. Um, but you know, he's now in the ones and there's gunfire in the obedience. So, so to me, you know, this, this type of stuff is now a little bit contradicting to what he's supposed to do at work and uh, it gets a little bit difficult up there, but it's not to say that people can't be successful with it. Um, and the training isn't too far off. Um, it's just one step farther with some of the, some of the environmentals and, uh, and the, the level of obedience when it comes to having a suited decoy out there on the field. Um, but the actual mechanics and, and what you're looking for in the bite is pretty similar. And like, and that's like, I think like, that's why it's important that like law enforcement agents, other agencies and, you know, the alphabet boys and everything like that. I think it's really important that like, you know, they, they do acquire like, you know, decoys like yourselves, um, you know, people out there who are going to one, you're going to be when you're, you're tactically in the, in the, in the aspect of like knowing how to fight the dog and the dog knows how to fight you, you know, when to reward, you know, when not to reward, you know, what to build on there. Cause a lot of times, you know, especially over here, like, you know, you know, since our, you know, with the, all this other stuff, you know, budgets are cut and you know, a lot of guys don't want to, a lot of guys are just hopped in the suit and just getting, you know, bulldozed by dogs and they're not teaching anything, you know, similar to like what Yanni was saying, but like, you know, if you have, you know, decoys who are very good and talented, like yourselves, uh, you know, they know like the dog starts to equip better. So it's like, you know, it's, it's like training with training, different, different training partners you know, the better the dog is equipped and the better the dog understands. Like, that's why I like where our style and, and decoying, like what we've done or what I've done over here is that, you know, it's, it's about adapting them to, you know, any and all circumstances. I, you know, I, I use my dog, you know, Cerberus as an example. It's like, you know, for him, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter like what you're doing, <laughs> like what you're doing, how you're doing it. If you're trying to move out, he's coming dead center every single time. And like, that's just what's going to be, for him or like you know our dog ozzy you know it, if you put something in front of your body you put then you expose the leg he's gonna destroy your leg and if you keep your arm up he's gonna hit your arm but just showing them the pictures and having like educated people like your guys themselves to like 
teach police canines like that way. So I'm mean, like, you know, there's, I think the, the, the training itself can be elevated. It's just a lot of, uh, a, a lot, a lot of utilization of you guys. I mean, like, you know, people who are big, yeah. you know, big names and like, you know, who know what they're, what they're doing and are physically fit and ready to do those things and are skilled professions. You know, if I were to, if I was going to fight somebody tomorrow or, you know, in, in a week from now, I'd bring in sparring partners that are based on the people that we're going to fight even more. So, you know, same thing like with fighting, Sean, like, you know, when you bring in, you, you have to be able to mimic your opponent and bring in skilled opponents to do that. So, I mean, that's the same thing. I, I feel like a lot of agencies and people are missing out on is that, you know, you have to bring in skilled opponents yeah. for your dog. Yeah. Like my, my local department here in my city, is one firsthand that you know they're still very IPO uh, situated in far, as far as their their canines go, and you know you go and watch one of their trials um, or the competitions that they host, and it's you know I, like I don't want to be condescending, but it's not really the caliper where it could be when you look down south and you see all these other departments you know diversifying and and, and looking for other trainers that are you know heavily involved in you know some of these sports specifically like PSA, let's say um you know and it just it, it can only better the dog Every, everyone i think can pretty much teach a dog how to bite it's just being able to shape those behaviors under different environmentals which is going to change the ball game uh from scenario to scenario you know and then of course making sure the dog can out i think that's kind of you know a, a routine thing with please so uh, um yeah man you know what the you know what the tricky thing is for cops and different agents like they're like their job yeah. and they all have to be a dog trainer or like a handler so like they can't like me mm -hmm. i can wake up and all day every day do dogs do going do train fully immersive but you know a police department they have you know limited time limited resources got, you know their dog bite their dog go they're like does it um, they're not dog trainers, you know, they, they have families, they have a job, but like, dude, what do I care about your, oh, he's biting this arm, he's biting this arm. Yeah. It's just get the job done. And like the biggest difference between a police dog and a sport dog, a sport dog is for points. A sport dog is to exactly. via points. So like if a police dog gets off by the guy that he's trying to fight and the guy grabs something and he holds the dog off for, I don't know, like 30 seconds, you know, a good bit of time. And then the dog eventually bites him, holds it down, cops come get him. That dog gets a party. They're like, hell yeah. He fought through all that. He finally got the guy like, hell yeah. Like, what a good dog. And or bring if my dog gets held off for several seconds, Rude. I'm like, dude, you suck. Like, you're not eating. <laughs> it's a huge thing for the dog. Where it's like a police dog, it doesn't matter. What does it matter if a police dog takes 10 seconds to ultimately bite or do something? It doesn't matter. He did his job. It's a job. A ring dog, you fail for sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we even teach like a lot of. Uh... We even teach like a lot of like the like even now like I mean like the stuff that we've worked with some of like the agencies like well a few years back 
you know, we use a lot of breaker bar stuff uh, when it comes to like outing. Like it's just literally just, you know, popped out. Like, you know, we just, we do, we do it that way. <clears throat> we don't even like out, out, out. It's just literally just breaker bar. Right. I feel like the police thought like that's kind of the move. It's like, yes, the norm. What, what, well, like, what do you, I mean, if you're a cop with a dog, he bites you, you get him off. Like, why do you have to reinvent everything that you do to like get this out? You know, maybe not even that into it in the first place. Like, just bar out and get him off. What are you talking about? We're talking about going to the seminar in France. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, um, I, that's why I think, are you guys familiar with uh, the high deployment HRD, the HRD guy? I, I've seen some of the stuff. I, I'm not super familiar. So it's um, Ted Summers, who's an, also a PSA decoy. Um, yeah. Alicia uh, Ray, uh, I don't, I've never met him. Uh, Eric Stambro, um, Sean Hagnam, and like a like Falco decoy. Like there's like I mean a laundry list of like high qualified decoys. Um, but the cool thing that I I really like that and like this is or I really like what they're doing is that. You know they're they're bringing in these you know very high jason davis is a frenchman decoy um they're bringing in like a lot of you know pretty high level decoys and they're and they're bringing them into like police departments and they're you know having them work these mm -hmm. teaching like police departments how to decoy and do these things to create a, a better you know better system and i think like that's pretty awesome i ever I, I was like locked out like i if i even yeah. were so busy over here I'd, I, I already bugged Ted and Eric enough and be like, hey, um, just like I bugged you know, everyone else. I was like, hey, I'm, uh, I, need to, I need to get the fuck out there and start working some dogs um, and just go out there. Because I, I just like that idea of, you know, opposing like that's the same thing like we do here with, you know, like the, the techniques that we use in our in our in our bite work is, you know, creating these dogs to, to be better. I mean, they're obviously great genetically. It's fine, but you can make them better by, you know, proper decoy work and exposing them to pressure incrementally and letting them win. And, you know, even like the groundwork stuff that we do, like, it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that helps build dogs, you know, even better. So I think that's one of like the cool parts, like that thing, like they do, like, you know, obviously like what you guys do, it's, you know, it just gets, it just uh, gets even better. <laughs> All right. You guys ready for some questions? Yeah. Uh-oh. I think I lost your mic. I'm I'm still here. If you guys can see me. Oh, can you see him? Yeah, yeah, I got him still. Oh. I got all you guys. I just got Andy. He's a little robotic. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little <laughs> connection problem. My internet's just our internet over internet's just been horrible these last few days. All right. Man, it so, can't be any worse than it is up here in Canada. It's horrible. Like anywhere you go. <laughs> I believe it, man. Especially with everyone fucking on here, man. Oh, for sure. All right. Lease. You guys can pick, choose. Uh, actually, let's go here. Let's go to, let's go to Andy first. I think, it, can you see him anymore? I think he left. Has he gone? <laughs> they might have locked him <laughs> off. Sean, so you're going first on this one. Least right. favorite spot to take a bite. Um, well, I mean, I don't think it gets any worse than raiding the cup. Um, you know, actually, 
uh, Lee was actually at one of the trials in Utah last year and we had one of the dogs uh, come. It was a, a ex kind of French ring dog that did a foundation in French ring and then switched over to PSA. And uh, he was doing the ones and the cans current pressure kind of kept him going straight line. And he actually ended up coming straight up the middle and uh, hit me right in the cup. And uh, it took like five minutes for them to out the dog. We couldn't get the oh, dog out. about that. <laughs> yeah, so I had to lay on the ground. So I'd have to say that's the absolute worst. But um, besides that, I would say either like the like the very end of the limb, so either the wrist or the ankle. It's there's just not no meat there to kind of protect it, and when the dog's coming fast and hits you, you're usually going down. <laughs> Shake that. Yeah, so the the wrist or the ankle. That one's a. I for me, it's always because I always square up on it. It's always either like above the like above my left knee and the, uh, in the inner thigh because the I wear semi comp like the, the stuff, yeah or like. I would even say even like the back of the knee, like I'll take oh, pretty yeah. much, I'll take pretty much like any other bite, but like <laughs> the back, like the back of the knee or like the inside of like the thigh, like that sensitive part. Yeah, like, like that's the part I'm just like mother. That's part of the reason why we fucking <laughs> built the the Ray Allen uh, Primal Canine Gauntlets is because of that right. stuff. I'm like, dude, like I got to fucking be able to work like dogs this way but yeah man false rewards see i wasn't i wasn't gifted with good genetics when it comes to legs i have like this tiniest like toothpicks um i mean they're good for kicking don't get me wrong but when it comes to decoying um especially when we're doing like repeated stuff like on the like let's say the bungee or stuff like that on the legs um yeah i get butchered so um luckily with with the new kind of real canine suits that we've been working on there um they are you know amazing and where they put the padding specifically for psa bites it's really good um you know kind of take it a bit down to the bottom um but yeah man if you get like a courage test and you have a dog coming in fast on either the wrist or the ankle it's just it's not fun <laughs> andy so andy's back in can you hear me yeah, you got me? We got you. So the question that we were talking about um, was least favorite spot to take a bite. In the foot or the hand? That's pretty much <laughs> In the foot or the hand. I remember uh, 20, 2017 in Arizona, I was decoying the NARA championships and uh, Dave Croyer's dog, I was doing the search and escort. He comes into the blind, barks at me. I escape. He bites me right in the foot, through the cleat. Um, and, you know, I was fine. I kept decoying. But then after, my entire foot blew up like a balloon. That was probably my least favorite bite. Um, and then definitely the hand is never good or fun. But anywhere where there's suit, I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I, I was telling Sean, I was like, it's either inner thigh for me, like life bites or one thing like I, I could do, like whatever. But like, I was like, inner thigh or inside or the back of the knee, um, especially like specifically like on my left side. I was like, those are the ones that just like, I'm like, fuck my life. Yeah, I guess if I had to pick one on the suit, I'd go kneecap. Right on the oh. kneecap is never great. <laughs> this is called the internet juggle here, guys. <laughs> hey, there he is. Uh oh. <laughs> we're just we're 
we're in three different states or now Sean, oh, Sean's in a different country. So um, we're running the game. Yeah, the gauntlet here. I didn't realize he was from Canada. It's at, and the, the biting, uh, especially becoming a decoy. We got you back. Yeah. Sorry, I missed the question. What was it? So I was like, and he was talking about, uh, you know, the, the his bites. He's like, the kneecap would be his worst one in the suit. Um, that's why my left knee clicks all the time because Ozzy decided to decide he's gonna break it and, and um, <laughs> caught me on a fend off, and it just it he won. So <laughs> yeah, see for the knees, I, I don't mind it too much. I tore a knee uh, back when I was fighting, and um, so it was definitely definitely gets sore and tender after. But on the bite, for some reason, I don't really ever. Uh, it doesn't affect me too much. It's just kind of later, like it just kind of swells up, and then that's when it gets sore. Um, but like I said, my, my legs, my calves are pretty much non-existent and my ankles are tiny. So if, it, if like you get a big hard biting dog like Ozzy, I'm going to get destroyed on the ankle. Yeah, he's, he's a fucking <laughs> asshole too. That fucking dog. Just, it's just, it's gone. He's gotten uh, so much more powerful through shelter in place. It's been ridiculous. Um, actually, I'll show you guys later, but I had to get like a fucking red light therapy fucking light to like rehab like a lot of the shit like all my all the muscle tears and the shit that i have going on from him dude it's it, it's unrealistic but like that's why we started doing the the you know, the primal canine gauntlets um which brings me to my next question for you guys this is something that someone asked but as far as protection equipment when it comes to being a like a new decoy and a decoy in general you know, a lot of times you get a lot of people that say, like, you know, you know, you can't, don't wear gauntlets and all this other stuff. You know, you got to earn the thing, blah, 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 blah. Um, what is your opinion on, like, new decoys coming in or actually what would be, or when new, new decoys coming in and the level of protection that they shouldn't understand to wear or just, like, be prepared themselves for? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll go first and then Andy can go. Um, well, for me... Like, I think there's definitely a certain period that you have, you want to take bites with, you know, as, as kind of minimal protection as far as, like, let's say just a suit jacket goes uh, without a gauntlet. Um, and that's not to be a dick or anything, but it's to build up the actual scar tissue around the muscle. So it actually hurts less. Um, uh, you know, maybe it's a bad thing in the end of the day, but, I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm never wearing anything underneath my suits. And most of my suits, I buy a selective suit and I just wear a gauntlet on it and I take all the abuse in there. But because of the scar tissue being built up, you just don't feel it anymore. You don't bruise anymore if you're consistently taking bites. Um, but, you know, to each their own, like if, if it's just a little bit too much, then absolutely, you know, there's tons of amazing gauntlets out there. Uh, one, of, one of my good friends, John Katz, he makes an amazing uh, split one that fits in there. Your guys' looks amazing. Um, you know, that little bit of extra protection, if, it, if it's going to help you, not think about the actual pressure and, um, and, and, you know, allow you to be able to work a bite for longer then wear it. Because in the end of the day, you know, if it's affecting how you're working the dog, then it's not, you know, it's not beneficial at all for you to be wearing no protection. Um, but again, like there's definitely something to be said about building up the, the actual strength to take a bite for that long. Right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think it totally depends on the dog, too. Like, look, if you're a new decoy, invest in, an, in a nice suit that's 
relatively new, you know, training weight semi. Um, if you want to throw a wrap on or a gauntlet, I mean, that's cool too, but it depends on the dog. Like a ring dog, you may do an object guard with them. You might do 10 or 15 passes and they bite you in a different spot, 15 different passes. So they, they bite you on the wrist, they bite you on the ankle, they bite you in the back of the leg, they bite you right here, they bite you right here. So like for like a gauntlet for like for that kind of dog wouldn't be too effective, but like for PSA for sure, like if the dog's going here, like for sure wrap your arm up and like put a gauntlet on so you don't get completely destroyed. But you know, at the same time, like you do kind of want people to understand the pressure and like how a bite feels. I mean, it's a contact sport. Yep. So you're, you're going to get a little, like I just started training um, my little brother in a bite suit. He, he's been in a bite suit a handful of times. He's 22 years old. He's never done anything like this before. I mean, he gets banged up a little bit, but with the dogs he's working, with the suit he's working, he he walks away with some some pretty decent dings, but like nothing that I would consider like abuse. Like, it's one thing to just send yeah. like a destroyer on a new kid, and have him just like fillet his arm all day. Um, and it's a yeah, no and that's that's a good point too. Yeah, with the PSA, you know, like every club that I've ever went to is primarily left bicep target. So I mean, if you're working a dog like on a club day. And, you know, you're working something specific and let's say you take, you know, 10 bites per dog and you got 10 dogs all, all on your left bicep um, and maybe the odd leg dog. Absolutely. You're going to get torn up no matter what suit you're wearing um, and what padding you're wearing. And that's where kind of a little bit of the, the tolerance gets built up. And maybe it's me just being a little bit not not so much old school, but maybe just from like my fighting ways, you know, like we did the same thing with shins like. I couldn't just go walk up to somebody and kick them, kick them in, in their forearms and expect me to be okay. I had to sit there day after day, banging on my shins, kicking bags, hitting them with a bamboo stick, rolling them up um, in order to build up and, and kill some of the, you know, the nerve endings. Um, so, and I think there's definitely a benefit to that. But again, if that's, you've done that and it's still too much, then Dude, we're we're gone because it's again you you want you want to look for specific behaviors on a dog or you're working with specific scenarios or or anything. Uh, you don't want to have to cut it short because you're uncomfortable in the suit. And um, you know that's that's kind of where I think it helps. Hey, th this is an important point too. Like when you're brand new, or even when you're you know a year or two in, you're gonna get banged up. Totally. You learn over time how to move in a suit, how to manipulate the dog's grip to where you're helping the dog, but he's not killing you. But like a new guy that just goes there and, and puts his arm out and gets banged by the dog. Like it's, for me, like it's gonna take years to understand how to manipulate the dog's weight and their grip in a way where you're just not getting like absolutely teed off on which is like a great way to put it. Like if you put a new guy in a suit, send a dog and are just like, okay, work him. Like totally. the dog's just gonna tee off on totally. the guy. So like suits, gauntlets, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, for sure, protect yourself. But like, you just have to learn 
how to work with the dog and not get banged. Big time. And I think the, the proper fitted suit, I mean, I know it's hard being a new decoy and usually you're giving a hand me or you're using a hand me down or, you know, you find a cheap used suit and going from there. But, um, you know, as far as let's say upper body dogs go, um, it's not so much, you know, if you have a, a suit that's properly fitted to you and, you know, it's not from a manufacturer that, you know, prefers to put slack in there. I know that's kind of a beneficial thing for French ring. Um, but if, you know, like I like my suits fitted as tight to my arm as possible. And it, the reason being is it's not so much the full mouth bite that hurts. It's the last, it's the last pinch. Right. So, um, so I think there's definitely something to be said about having something that's properly fitted. Um, and if you got to wear something under it to make it a little bit better fitting, then, you know, that's definitely what you got to do. That's what, yeah, that's um, the difference. Oh, sorry, Mike. That's, uh, that's the difference between, um, one of them between ring and PSA, because most PSA dogs are going to bite a limb, like an, mm -hmm. an arm or yeah. a leg, where no matter what your suits, like the dog can kind of get. Get totally full mouth. But in ring, it's actually illegal to have a super fitted tight suit. There has to be yeah. a certain amount of oh, bite shit. depth because yeah. if you have a skin tight suit on and the dog blasts you in the chest and they can't get a grip and they fall off, well, like it's kind of cheating and it's kind of dangerous to the dog yeah. to not have a certain amount of bite surface. So I yeah. don't like a big baggy suit. No. They're definitely to be a, a little bit of room in there if they grab you like in a weird spot yeah that's totally interesting similar. that's what that's definitely like one of the like that's one of like the cooler parts i think i've liked about ring is the fact that that but I, I didn't know like the whole like baggy suit thing yeah dude a judge uh, when you walk onto the field to decoy the judge is gonna check your baton to make sure it's legit which i could explain the details of that and he's going to check your suit. The judge will literally pat you down. They'll check your knees. Like you can't have on some like wonky knee brace with like metal and shit in it. Like you'll break a dog's tooth. So he'll like pat you down and he'll check your suit. And I've even seen some judges be like, you can't wear that suit. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. So it, it like depends yeah, on. It's a big judge. thing. You know, That's the great. local club, it, it might not be a, as big of a deal, but for, uh, like for a big trial, like you, you better come, you better come correct. Like there's a whole right. uh, list of mm -hmm. rules for the decoy and just their suit and like their batons. Like, yeah, they come out with, like a baton I, that's not split right or it's not sanded down. It can cut the dog's face. Like you're out of yeah. here. You can't use that. It's definitely one thing that I appreciate for Ring. You know, uh, there, there's a few small things that they really take and hold the decoys to a specific standard for. And one of them being the stick work. And, uh, you know, again, coming from, you know, a sport where we have the stick up and we don't really use it that much aside from our allotted, you know, three stick hits nowadays. Um, it, it's kind of something that not so much gets overlooked, but people just don't pay as much attention to. Um, and it wasn't until I started training French ring and saw how much work actually goes into, um, you know, making sure your sticks are uh, not only appropriate for you, but also for the dogs that you're working. And not, that's not saying that not everybody does that. 
uh, in PSA, but there's definitely been a few trials that I've been to that I come and the thing is like a bat, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> I don't think that would pass in a French ring trial at all. That's for sure. Yeah, dude, the, the baton is everything. Like the stick work is everything. Like I feel in PSA, like it's almost secondary. Like if a dog's afraid of a stick in PSA, you're like, okay. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you for coming. Like it's not, it's yeah. not even a thing. But like yeah. in the ring, a really high level decoy, the best dogs will fuck them up with the stick. Are we allowed right. to swear on here? Yeah, yeah. we can swear. We fuck <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Shit. A, a high level decoy, a dog, say a dog has zero stick issues. We'll just stick. They don't care. A high level decoy will fuck them up with the stick. Yeah, for sure. That's the Big time. The baton work is just never ending. Yeah, totally. Never Especially ending. in like the return of a ski and like the barrage and, you know, all, all these type of exercises where you're really utilizing the stick. It's, it's not, it's not just there. It's a full on extension of your body and it's a tool used to, you know, take meters on the dog. So um, I totally agree with why it has to be held to a, yeah. a certain standard for that type of work. So I what, that's, uh, literally, I literally train like my, my dogs, um, to come, I, I like not even even like talking together before. Cause I think this is the first time I've been like FaceTime Andy, like first time we've talked, um, on like what they like, Sean, like on the air, but like, I literally train my dogs now, like every dog that I touch, especially when it comes to the stick or whip or baton to like respond to pressure. So when someone hits them with a stick, they bite harder. And they, Pushing, they yeah. I'm like, cause I was like, I told Lee before, like when we, when we went into our Lee and Matt, when we went into like, we're, like, All right, we're going to go to sport. I was like, all right, my job is to make sure that any decoy that tries to run my dog with a stick or any form of environmental stuff, they're going to make them pay. So like we literally, the response, the response to stick command means bites. Like we use a simple marker system now um, where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, cool. Like, like, if you if you make a move even passively they're gonna bite you like but they're gonna bite and dig harder and fight you harder so like even now with like stick responses as soon as like that stick comes down whether it's here whether it's under here whether it's where it's in, in that part of the barrage of it and any form of auditorial because i know like in a ring you know you guys can't make noises um when it comes to like, yelling at the dog or like even in, like in mondio um and it's different within psa because like you know you literally yeah. get, you literally get Please. hit it's just it's just it's it's go so i we we've literally been training for the last few years just being like all right cool anytime any noise any any stick hit any form of barrage in front of them like i, I just want to and you know there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of people who are coming out and stuff and and really teaching that like you know a lot of pushing in with the stick hits uh yelling too um, I'm not like the loudest guy when it comes to yelling. I'm always like running out of breath. So, um, but you know, a, a big thing that, you know, in, in that sense is what, what gets a lot of dogs I find. Um, and, and it's not so much about being able to use the stick, um, as much as you can use it in French ring, but just the presence of walking out. Like, let's say you have a handler attack scenario where you come out of a blind at the dog that's, you know, unaware that you're back there. Um, but when you come out, you know, you'll, you'll get some guys who just come out and their sticks just down here, bright, bright kind of thing, you know, hand down, but man, you come out there like full on pressure, like, like 
arms up, you're staring down at the dog. Um, you know, it's the presence that gets the dog, right? Yep. It's not necessarily the stick. And that, I think that's a big difference where, um, you know, again, in a sport where you're allowed to use a stick, but you have a limit, you're super limited in what you can do with the stick. Um, and of course, again, the proper presentation still has to be there. So, um, yeah, definitely. It's speaking, super interesting. And speaking on presence too, like I, I worked a dog just today, like literally before, well, I had one point before you guys, but, um, worked a dog today who would work differently. And I, they, I worked her, this adogo, I worked her in prey. And then as soon as the presentation, like of just my presentation, of just turning my shoulder, I turned my shoulder and like going down this way with a, it was a whip too. I hit the floor. The dog immediately, boom, away. And it's just the presence that was presented, like just me being there. Yeah. The dog had worked beforehand, and I was five feet away from the dog, and the dog decided to go back. But the dog had worked beforehand with another company that was actually pretty deep. It's pretty good, and the dog was just like, "The fuck, like." <laughs> Big time. Are you? And and you you also get that too in in PSA specifically with different speeds of decoys because. Uh, the, you know, this year they've now implemented a, a physical test and an ongoing uh, thing that's, you know, could potentially become mandatory. They're testing the waters right now for it. And it's a certain physical standard they got to hold the decoys to. So um, I'm 100% behind it. Um, but with that being said, uh, for let's say the courage test specifically, where you have a certain distance you've got to run at the dog, um, you know, you might have some decoy who's, um, you know, quite a bit bigger than uh, the other boy. He's going to move a little bit slower um and then you have some guy who's like lightning fast um you know and I, that's where i've i've get tossed on the courage test a lot and i see a lot of dogs you know great dogs you know miscalculate timing just because they're not used to the speed and you know I, i'm not super super fast let's say when i go off the line but you know from playing football and football and muay thai and, and sprints when i go on a straight line i'm running at that dog full full pressure as fast as I can. And, you know, I'm trying not to even stutter step at the end too, uh, to slow it down. And that just that little difference in, in presence there changes a lot of variables in, when it comes to timing of opening your mouth, uh, launch, where the dog's, you know, jumping from. Um, and then of course, um, you know, what the dog's gonna do on the drive, it definitely affects it there. So, um, you know, when it comes to PSA specifically, not only do you want to get your dog on as many decoys as you can uh, to see that difference in, in, in from decoy to decoy, but you know they've definitely got to be a certain level too where they can where they can also bring the present side of it. Um, but yeah, great point. Well, that's it. And one thing too, like Andy, like one of the first times I saw, I think I like saw your page. I was watching um, you prepare for Super Select. I, I think it was the last one. And I watched like all like the hard work that like you put in, like you posted like videos of like you or like things like stories too of like you in the gym just putting in the work and like working all those yeah. different movements. And like I was like I read immediately, I immediately was just like, okay, cool. We're all right now. I'm gonna put my fucking guys through this shit. I treated it like fucking uh, you know, it's like camp. I was like, okay, cool. Like we're gonna fight. Like that's how it's gonna go. Um, but you know, going into that. You know, with the, you know, this stuff specifically when it comes to like, you know, the work that you guys do. Another question is like, you know, what are some of like, what would be the biggest advice? Uh, and actually, before we even get to that, and like, what, when you were preparing for Super Select, how vigorous was like your training schedule? 
horrible, horrible. <laughs> um, it, it was horrible. Um, I mean, it was, it was like, it was mad cardio and just a shitload of work in the suit. Like it's one thing to be in shape and then it's another thing to be in decoy shape. Um, with French ring and ring three, the movements that you're doing and how you're exploding, it's almost impossible to replicate that in, uh, in like a gym that so there's a physical, there's, you can look up the, the decoy physical that has to happen and you can see the test. Um, you have to do it in, in a certain amount of time, et cetera. So I'd, I'd run through the decoy physical a ton. I'd do a ton of cardio. I'd work a ton of dogs. Um, it was crazy though. Like in, you know, PSA, it's, you know, it's good that they're, they're putting in a physical test and making sure that the, the decoys, you know, if, the, if it's a 30 dog trial, is the first dog really going to get the same work that the last dog does 30 yeah. dogs in or the, the, the decoy is going to be absolutely exhausted. He's going to be compromised. He's going to be banged up. He's going to be tired. He's going to want the trial to end after 20 some odd dogs. So you really have to be like more, more ready Up here there. than, than physically. Like, you know, the thing with, with PSA, you know, PSA, they judge the grip, right? Like full grip is what they want. And that's also because, you know, minus the fend off, like you're giving them the grip. I mean, you're basically just charging at them like this. You're giving them the grip. In French ring, in level three, you're not getting a full grip on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not getting a full grip on me. Are you shitting me? I mean, that would be like getting caught with a flush punch to the face in a fight. Like, you're not going to tee off on me. So a dog grabs you right here like this. If it's a face attack, it's going to be 15 seconds of you hanging on like this. And when that horn sounds and the handler recalls you, you better pop off. Because then if you go, oh, finally, wham, and you drive in regrip, now your points are destroyed. Now you're slowed oh, out by tons. So like the good decoys, dude, like a decoy, like, you know, Axel Vallon, the best decoy in the world, bro, he's not getting banged up. He's not getting banged up in trials, you know, maybe here or there, he's not getting banged up, dude. He, he's working these dogs. Like, Dude, I've seen some great decoys and they walk away from a trial like they just woke up and I'm like dying. I'm like, I just look like I've been run through the absolute ringer. And it's just, it's just technique. Like I've been in better shape than a lot of guys that I've decoyed with. And I've been more tired at the end than they were. Um, it's just like, it's just straight technique. It is, um, that's why I fell in love with ring because as a decoy, you have the most influence uh, of the outcome. You have the absolute most influence. You could have a dog in ring three that goes their whole career and drills guys on face attacks. Their whole career. You think this dog's a monster, he can't be stopped. And then he goes up against one of the best decoys and he gets dealt with on a face Ooh. attack. And you're like, 
oh my God, like, I didn't know that that was possible. You know, like that's, that's what I like about the, the technique aspect is that you could have the best dog in the world and he might get dealt with yep. by the best decoy. He's not scared of a stick. He's not scared of pressure. He's not worried about anything the decoy is going to do, but you tank his points and you pick him apart. That's what I really, really love about ring. I think like that's like one of like the that's why I like the the aspect of ring where it's a, a combative um, sport, but you know obviously safely done, um, and you know things like to where like you can you can teach dogs opposition, but they can actually learn you know to like come through. It's like you know when we like like for me like I've I haven't been a trial decoy for over fucking sixteen years now, um, but the. I've been more training uh, on the training side, but like for me, like when we when we're building these dogs uh, and we're working these dogs, like essentially, like I don't, I mean, I I don't know if you well, you've seen like the work that we do, like the, a lot of this stuff. It's just like you yeah. know, we're showing dogs these individual pictures, different things, showing how to combat stuff like that. To where initially when they come in, like you know, they're we're building them up, like just like training them for a fight. You know, we're training them to be like, the most you know, opportunistic, most full grip, bring the most pain, bring the most pain compliance at all, all times, no matter if you're facing a PSA, PSA decoy, if you're facing a, uh, or going against a ring decoy, like it, it doesn't really matter to them. Like, it's more like, oh, hey, you're the guy I got to bite. I'm going to make this hurt really, really bad, <laughs> really, really bad. You know, and that's essentially what we, what we've been doing over the years. Um, as far as like you know with primal can i but and that's like the fun part that i like when i bring in like you know new, new, new decoys and like that's the big thing we've done over the years i, I hit you up earlier this year before covid uh went to shit uh, yeah <laughs> shit. i was like you no know, i wanted to be like okay cool like we got to learn you know the other aspects of you know the uh, of decoying or just like you know just different yeah. sports to prepare dogs better so important it's so important. Um, and it's like, you discover almost like a whole new world. Like there's so many, so many techniques and so many things that, that the decoy can do. There's so many ways that, that the dog can respond. A fast dog has advantages. A slow dog has advantages. Um, a weak dog mm -hmm. sometimes has advantages. Um, so it's cool, man. It just really, it always just boils down to like the tra training. It all boils down to the training. Like the dog's important, but dude, I've seen some dogs and I probably, everyone will say this. I've seen some dogs that like I would have washed. I'm like, nah, next. And then yeah. someone puts a couple years of work into them and you're like, holy shit, that's a dog. So like all of it, it just comes down to the training, like the decoys that the dog has exposure to. That's what I was saying about ring three. Like it's one thing to get a French ring three. And then it's another thing to be really competitive in ring three. Like I can get to ring three, just training with my decoy on my field and we can make some magic happen and get to ring three. But if I want to do really well against like Axel Vallon, I'm going to have to bring some guys in. I'm going to have to go and travel. I'm going to have to have my dog, like you were saying, uh, the appropriate sparring partners to be able to, to pass that test. So, yeah. I mean, there's levels, there's levels to presence. 
there's there's levels to uh technique and you know it's just like martial arts i mean i know both you guys i mean i don't don't know what happened to sean but i mean both (laughs) you guys um you fought i mean you you were fighters so it's like there's never um you're never finished like it's never like i know all the boxing techniques like i'm good i'm the best like it's never it's never finished and same thing with a ring dog um you're never maybe any dog you're never never quite finished there's always going to be a decoy out there that can fuck your dog up in some way always yep a hundred percent there's always a that's like that's like the biggest thing that like i prepared that's what i that's why like i we do the stuff that we do now like with all like the different you know ground game and like just different like pressure tactics that we do like stuff that we even we don't even put online just stuff that we just do daily with our dogs like it's always preparing for you know something someone that can come in here and you know and try to run my dog you know like it literally it's the same thing like we're gonna prepare for anything and everything and you know it's a hope for the best outcome but i will never we will never like not properly at like adequately prepare that dog for that you know scenario especially when it comes to you know like the personal protection dogs that we train you know it's just like i know that you're gonna go against something sometime especially being in california where there's no gun like the gun laws are you know fucking stupid um and so like you know i know people need to have have adequate protection how do we get that adequate protection like for for people how do we can we provide that so, you know, we prepare these dogs that we bring in and we train and, like, yeah. I'll, fuck her, I'll, I'll roll around with and, like, fucking, like, you know, give them, like, that incremental pressure and show them these things and show them the different pictures and spend the time, you know, it, it to actually develop these things because genetics are great, you know, having sport titles are great, but the training, like you said, Andy, was like, you know, it's, that's part, that's the most part of it is you have to be able to, expose them to that and continuously always like learn with it that's why we do like lifetime training with our stuff too yeah dude i i love your videos i i love watching your stuff dude it's it's cool how many dogs do you have 27 a billion <laughs> <laughs> no I, as far as like client dogs i mean i have no, like your my, dogs like your like your personal dogs oh personal let's see we have well aaron's dog is ozzy i don't touch him um, because he's destroyed me multiple times. I I legit, and I was going to text Jake Scott this. I don't know if you know him, the monitor decoy, but he fucked my oh, hip yeah. up. Dude, What's he, up, Jake? He, he destroyed my fucking hip, like, literally like, the other day. Like, I, I'm walking like, funny for, like, three days. Like, he, we did muscle work with him, so I do this, like, exercise where oh, I just okay. pace back. Yeah, I just pace back and forth. I don't engage. And I mistakenly turned to the left and that's the hip that he hurt. And he just blew my hip out to where like, I actually fell on top of him. And I'm not, I'm like a 240 pound guy. Like, I'm like, I'm not small in general. And the dog fucking wrecked me. And then I go into like a prone passive position and she pulls him back. And like, that's the part of the other exercise where the dog just hits the prone passive person. And he just fucking wrecked my right rib cage. I was like, get him the fuck out of here. Like I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to send you that video if she doesn't post it. But I'll send. Oh, uh, girl's dog. What'd you say? That's your girl's dog. That's your girl's yeah, dog. Yeah, that's that's Ozzy. Okay. That's fucking the 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 monster. But um, 
No, but yeah, you like you, so you need to complete that one. Oh yeah, then we did a we did this like passive one underneath like a, a like a tarp, and like a, we've been working every day, so like I was been like okay cool, I like, put the tarp on, and I was like all right, let me not let me not move out of the let me like like not flinch before it happens, and then right before I did, I did this, and thank God I did because he fucking nailed me in the side of the ear, and it's a ninety five oh, yeah, pound Dutch Shepherd. <laughs> I'm like dude, it's, like fucking perfect. <laughs> dude, that sounds. That sounds brutal. Now, how many dogs do you have personally? So we have uh, Ozzy, Lucy, who's Ozzy's sister, um, Cerberus, okay. who's that psycho, uh, the male, um, um, Cerberus. We have Zilla, who's Ozzy's son. We have Set, who's from Larocmo. Uh, she's a little male. Right. Uh, we have, who else the fuck do we have? We have uh, Bibbs. There he goes. <laughs> back. Um, we have Bibbs, uh, who's uh, Aaron's rescue um, pit from, or adopted pit from uh, Minneapolis. She's out here. She's 13. I have my one of my original dogs, Marilyn, um, who's 14, and you know she is a little pit. So we have a thing, a total of eight dogs, uh, and then we have like our yeah. rotating uh, var varieties of uh, of boarding trains. But yeah, we I literally. I, I go to the, basically what happens is I load the van up and then I go to the shop, which is five minutes away, and I just work all the dogs. <laughs> right, right. Nice, dude. So what, like, for for your personal dogs, like, protection, PSA, um, what, are you, what are you looking to do with them? I don't, so... I, tr I we've been training PSA um, and we've been training. I just train general obedience and just basically being prepared for whatever. Uh, like with my dog Lucy, that I a goal for her was PSA. Uh, the outcome with it is it like I don't have the time personally to to dive into it. I mean, because I'm you guys are in sport, like you guys know how this stuff is. Like you actually have to like adequately like devote your time into that and like beast. You know, yeah man it's like yeah, yeah i mean just like you were saying earlier like you know you've got to drive out to certain places you got to spend you know you got to spend time to travel you got to go out and do all these things and like for me like personally i, I just don't have that time um to do that yeah, so man. like with lucia was psa with zilla um who was obviously son is i was like feel like okay cool like we'll go ahead and you know, we'll try to do some sports stuff, in which I'm excited to see. Like once we can actually all link up, um, I want to see mm -hmm. how he works with it because that dog I'm I'm pretty pumped on. Um, and then Cerberus is my uh, my wrecking ball. He's the he's the fuck around and find out dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to anything, like he's he's the dog that's gonna be uh, for me personally. Like if like, something something fucks someone fucks around, like especially now in times over here. It's not gonna yeah. be a good show. He's he has some live bites and stuff, and then um, yeah, Ozzy. Yeah, and and, and Ozzy's just a Ozzy's just a fucking monster. He just there's uh, I've I can honestly say throughout the country and like now like you know working with different law enforcement agencies, DODs and like sports and all the other stuff. That's by far one of like the hardest. That's the hardest biting dog I've ever been bit by. He. He's broken suits in days. He's ripped through things. It's 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 just it's he's he's a he's he's a wrecking ball. Uh, and Aaron has no aspirations of doing sports. So 
he's a he's a straight personal protection monster. So you yeah, see, uh, if you're in Gilroy and there's a a, a Dutch Shepherd and a tall a tall uh, blonde white girl out there, um, that would be not one I would test. Because <laughs> chances are you're gonna feel pretty fucking hard. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I love it. They look good, man. Yeah. Some shit, man. They look good. Yeah, that's what I want to get. That's why I was like, I need to either get drive out to you guys, or you guys gonna come down here. But we got it. I gotta get a. I gotta get my top level decoy friends out here, working these dogs. That'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. Well, I'll get. I'll get. I'll definitely if it's leg stuff. I gotta get you guys those. Uh, those Ray Allen gauntlets. So, yeah, those look super cool, dude. Dude, the leather, the leather on the leg helps so much. Like it's like it's been it's yeah, been crazy yeah. for me and with mobility yeah, too. So cool. So nice. there's a yeah, there's a it's question really we have here, and this is something that's for you guys because you guys are all nationally leveled, world level decoys. Um, biggest piece of advice to an uh, aspiring national level decoy. Biggest piece of advice, um, standard answer, um, find a great club that you can go out and train with, find a great mentor. Uh, yeah, that stuff's important. Aspiring, like you just have, you have to go all in on it. Like you really have to go all in because if you just want to dabble and like get in a suit and catch some dogs, like that's totally cool. Like there's a place for that. But if you're an aspiring, if you want to be at the the absolute top level, it, it's all that you have to do. Like quit your job, start to get the most information in from morning till night. Um, you need to know it's going to be a, several year process at, at a minimum. Um, but you should just be completely immersing yourself and you have to research, like, this is what I would tell you, go look at all the, all the French ring champions, go look at all the, all the handlers and all the trainers that have, that have won the, the championship of France and like watch their stuff. Like, Watch how they handle dogs. Watch how they train dogs. Um, you just gotta, I think you just really have to like put yourself in it and don't have a backup plan. Like, well, if this decoy thing doesn't work out, like I could all, um, like deliver pizzas, like you're screwed. Like there can't be any backup plan. It has to be immerse yourself in this, go completely forward, know you're gonna be there or I mean, you're just kind of one of the guys. If burn not. the ships. That's the, that's the always thing. Burn the ships. No way to leave. Yeah. And yeah. When, yeah. When you're surrounded <laughs> around people, you know, like who have been doing it uh, longer than you have and, uh, you know, who have made national uh, select decoy, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, obviously you got to put in your work and your time. That's first and foremost. Um, but, you know, constructive criticism you know, just as long as your ego is not in the way is always the best thing anybody can give to you because it's only going to help you get better. Right. And there's a lot of things specifically as a decoy, you don't realize you're doing until somebody points it out or shows you on video. Um, so, you know, 
record everything, ask as many questions as you can, ask where you can improve, ask, you know, what happened there, um, you know, especially in your first few trials. Um, and even as you get further in, like, um, you know, one of, one of my biggest mentors, I ask him all the time, we were in a trial in, in Florida and I asked him, you know, like, okay, man, how, how did it look? You know, was there anything I could improve? And, um, you know, I, I, I was just kind of taking a little bit of a step uh, with my right foot off the line. And he told me and I watched the video and I saw it. So what I do, I go right back to practicing staying on the line. And, you know, you got to always make sure you're on top of these type of things, because uh, like anything, habits build and you forget about it. Right. So you need to you need to always kind of stay grounded in that sense. And then do you guys and this is just like a quick, like personal question for like ourselves. Do you guys ever find the difference, um, difficult or the difficulty in separating from being a training decoy and a trial decoy? There's a Dude. big difference. Dude, <laughs> to I'll tell you what, it's it's extremely rare to find someone who's an excellent training decoy, and then at the same time, they're an excellent trial decoy. Um, for French ring, at least for French ring, I, I don't same, know about the other stuff. No, it's, it's the same but thing. It's, sure. um, it's a unicorn for sure. It, it's a complete unicorn. Um, like usually you're a training decoy or you're a trial decoy. Like there's a lot of trial decoys that aren't worth a shit in training. There's a lot of training decoys that aren't worth a shit in trial. Um, it's just two completely different. Th it's like being a master electrician and woodworker. Yeah. I mean, it's just two completely <laughs> yeah. different, different things. But I mean, they they do exist. They mm -hmm. they exist for sure. But um, just a completely different animal. It's hard too for a lot, I think the majority in the and then you know the masses of people out there um, to kind of quickly shut off that switch sometimes, right? So like let's say in PSA, I think the the biggest kind of arguing thing that happens with being a, a trial decoy and a training decoy is, you know, let's say you do uh, put the pressure on a dog and the dog does shut down. Well, in trial, the first thing you would do is, you know, chase that dog back to the vehicle kind of thing. Um, but in training, you're going to do the complete opposite. You're going to step back. You're going to go into a prey bite and, and try to, you know, build confidence in the dog. And you see it happen lots. And it's, you know, um, you know, it's, it's a switch that's hard to shut off sometimes, you know what I mean? And, and you got to do whatever you can to find those who are great at training, not to, only to build your program, uh, but then you have to find those who are really good at trialing uh, to make sure your dog can still handle um, that timing and pressure and, and everything that comes with being a trial decoy. So, um, yeah, Andy definitely hit it, on, hit it on top of the head with, you know, it, it being rare to find both. Yeah, that's like that's that's one of the biggest things, like one of like the bigger like pet peeves that like I've had is like there's and what they like in decoying is that there's decoying is not decoying. You know, decoying is a variety of different things, just as in dog training, you know, there's a variety of different things, there's different applications, different understands or reading body language, um, understanding how to develop and build and then put them on the field to face, you know, guys like you guys. Um, or, you know, just like, it's just, it's just something different. Like, you know, for me, like I'm a hundred percent a training decoy. I, I, I don't, I honestly don't even think that if I, if I 
if I were able to like say certify in any form of sport like that, like I, I don't think that I would be able to switch off. Like I think it would be like, oh, I got to make sure that dog wins. Yeah. Like I got to make sure this dog gets this, or like yeah. you know, it, just from the years of like building what we've what mm-hmm. we've done. Um, just because like that's just like the natural reflex that I have. Like as far as like, okay, cool, I got to build them, um, and like make sure like they're they're winning and they're ready for like the real world and all those things. But I mean, like that's something I think like that's super, super important for people to understand. So, you know, decoin is not necessarily decoin. It's a variety of different things. You know, you have high level decoys like yourselves. You have training decoys. You have, you know, just the, in the middle and the grays. I mean, then in just in the sport in general, like in sports in general, there's so many different varieties of being a decoy or, well, people will say a helper. I mean, like there's there's just such a, a different variety and it. it's not just getting yeah. bit by, by dogs, you know, and then doing those things. Like you're not just a dummy in the suit. <laughs> like you're, you're a skilled, totally. yeah, and you're a skilled profession. There's also a huge difference in between, you know, different types of training decoys. Let's say, um, you know, somebody who's used to working like lots of speed and, and with dogs like Mal's and, and Dutchies and stuff like that. But then there's guys that, you know, you got to give hats off to that are uh, on a constant basis competing in these sports with off breeds. And, yep. uh, you know, it sometimes takes a whole nother decoy to do that. Not every decoy can do both. Um, you know, not only the timing, but the behavior on the bite. And um, that's why, in my opinion, there's, I mean, you can't pay in for a good training decoy, um, especially if they've got a diverse portfolio working with, um, you know, X amount of dogs and, and across all different breeds. Dude, 100%. I mean, like, that's like our bite night on Wednesdays. I literally, like, I'll have, like, a Pressa. I'll have, like, a, 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 a Pit Mix. We'll have, like, a Mal. We'll have a Shepherd. We'll have some Kelp. We have a Kelpie. We have, like, I mean, there's, like, a variety of different dogs in there. And it's just learning to move them, move with them, and, you know, build that confidence throughout the time. So, I mean, like, that's, you know, that's one of the bigger things, like, you know, the understanding of just learning how to train and train with the dog and creating that individual, like, understanding of like okay cool like that's how that dog bites and we need them to do this so how do we do that and build that type of uh build that type of bite that we not that we want this to keep one the dog jaw wise and create the proper behavior and then you know keep the decoy safe as well yeah i mean it's not it's not as easy to keep a 140 pound corso on the bicep for 15 minutes as it is with a little malinois you know (laughs) so it's 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 it's, Bro, I so not fifteen seconds. Dude, I fight. I fight each dog in my like any dog that comes into like uh like it's part of our primal can pack. Um, ten minutes minimum. Like we're on we're on a bite for ten minutes minimum. Like it, it's it's literally like okay, cool. We're gonna we're gonna fight. We're gonna work these intervals. We're gonna bring them into the deep water. Make sure they think about you know the tactics because it's the same thing that um actually I don't even know if I brought this up. Like when we talk about like fighting, like Sean, like in the first like first round, like for me that first thirty seconds to one minute, um, you know, you're there's so much level of anxiety and like, you know, yeah. you're just just rage, like you just want to fight, you want to just you want to yeah. do this thing, like there's so much unclarity there. So I apply that same thought process when it comes to like dogs when they're fighting, like immediately that first and especially with the drive they have, immediately it's just like boom, like they're going, like there's just no clarity. Like it's just, yeah. like, it's, it's like a big adrenaline dump. 
it's just an adrenaline dump. They go into it, they're fighting, they're doing this. So we started doing the long fights um, a couple years, a few years back. You know, we want, I started to be like, okay, cool. Let's see what happens after 30 seconds. Let's see what happens after a minute. All right, cool. Let's fight for five. Let's fight for 10. And I mean, with Aaron's dog, I mean, I'll fight that dog for 20 minutes. That dog's not, he's learning how to fight. He's learning how to, you know, move around and do those things. And I've noticed a huge, 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 huge uh, change in grip pressure immediately, um, tactical fighting advantages um, when it comes to like their entries and how they react to like pressure um, with just fighting them for longer and showing them and marking those things. I mean, it sucks as, as, as uh, <laughs> getting beat up all the time. It yeah. sucks for fucking getting uh, mauled for 25 minutes or oh, you know 15 sure. minutes, but you know, I, I've noticed the results have changed drastically um, when it comes to that, you know, and you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a pretty cool little, uh, little journey with that, but like the, the long bites, uh, you know, that's what I've been, that's what, that's been our, our, our jam here. Yeah, totally. And there's, you know, I think you, you kind of uh, said it properly too, you know, um, especially in a sport like PSA where there's not necessarily a routine after, um, let's say, well, the two is still somewhat patternized, but um, the three is absolutely pattern. You have nothing to kind of expect there. Um, and so you, you have dogs to the deep end and, and really see um, how they're going to react under different, uh, you know, stimulus or uh, scenarios that are going to be set up for them. Um, and, you know, that whether that's keeping the dog on the bite, you know, for 10 minutes or you know working your oats on the ground if the decoy falls or you know any pretty much anything you know that you can think of you you have to you have to make sure your dog has been exposed to that in this sport specifically um you know it's one thing that i see a lot in french ring and with a lot of the french ring dogs i i work um you know they start counting the seconds um and waiting for the horn so you start double horning and stuff like that um but it's it's not so much something you see too much in PSA unless you're talking in the uh, younger levels or entry levels uh, with a dog that's going to out when the decoy freezes up. Um, it kind of shows a little bit of an error, or maybe not such an error, but uh, a place in training where the dog could improve, um, you know, or the decoy starts backing up because the scenario is going to be done in the PDC after after biting. Um, so yeah, it's definitely definitely something that I see um, training in both sports. Um, but specifically in, in ring, uh, in our club, we've actually started bringing a lot of the stuff we work in PSA, um, and, and working it in with the ring dogs just to kind of, uh, you know, try and help over prepare them for what they're going to see. Um, so, you know, whether that's being doing return of a skis with can curtains, um, you know, or, you know, take, taking a little bit farther like that and, um, you know, getting on the ground and doing some work like that, uh, that the dog might never see um, in, in ring per se, when you're practicing a pattern and you're going through your motions, um, you know, face attack, deep blind search, everything, everything in a pattern, right? So, I mean, um, definitely, definitely a ton of benefit to, uh, you know, training how you do train. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with, I, I agree with both you guys and, uh, like Mike, I, I like what what you do with the with the long bites and ten minutes, and you take them through that initial like, ah, 
adrenaline dump and like, okay, now you're still biting, think it through, fight, move it, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's why this conversation is cool. Like it just totally depends on the discipline that you're in. So yep. like, for example, like for French ring, it would be a death sentence to the dog's career to do super long bites with them all the time. Ring is an outing sport. And mm. let's be honest, like, I mean, I, and I, dude, I love the off breeds. I love all that stuff. Like ring three is for Malinois. I mean, yeah, there's a German sure. shepherd there. There's a, another dog here that is for Malinois. And it's for Malinois with like pretty specific uh, bloodlines. So mm-hmm. like when you get a dog, eight weeks old, it's like, he's gonna bite. Like, I don't have to work. The dog bites and he just, he bites without any training. I shake something, he comes up and grabs it. But the out, it it's an outing sport. It's a control sport. You have a big... You have a Malinois that bites. Congratulations to you. I want to see all you have for the dog. I want to see you go out to. They haven't been corrected for over a half hour. Yeah. And they've had fucking Axel Valon downfield taking it to them. And you go out, boom. Yeah. Full control. Like for ring, dude, it's all about the out it's all about the stop attack like those things start from day one like fuck your bite i know your genetics you're gonna bite but i need you outing crazy precisely and sean one of the things you said like you know the dog outs early it's done yeah definitely training but for a really good ring dog in training you want them outing early as fuck. Yeah, yeah. In- not really. What what age do you guys start training out, uh, Andy? I mean, almost immediately. Yeah, it's it's I so mean, different. <laughs> dang, that's crazy. Definitely, like definitely by four months old, like they should have it. Oh shit! Yeah, and For if, sure, if- because look, if you're if you're building up a dog. Or like, dude, if you want like a personal protection dog, like fuck that. Or if you're building, if you have a client and you're building, you know, they're all, it, it doesn't matter. But if you want to compete in a championship level in French ring, you need to have a very specific Malinois in the training. Dude, stop attack, eight weeks old. Oh, shit. Eight yeah. weeks old, stop attack. Because think about it this way. You tell the dog, like, let's say you start training the stop attack um, at a year old. Sounds reasonable, right? Um, You've been telling the dog for a year, you run down the field and you bite the guy. And then all of a sudden you change it. And the dog goes, well, you've been lying to me. me. You've been telling me that every time I run down the field, I get to crack the guy. And now, after a year and a half or two years, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You got it. Nope. <laughs> yeah. The dog's like, what the fuck? And I looked at, dude, I looked at uh, ring trainers just the same way. I go, well, how, when you start training the stop attack, they go, immediately. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, immediately. 
when you start training everything right away. And I was like, what, what, like how, like, I don't get it, but, um, it's technique. It's, it's the training technique. It's how you present that. You need to put that idea in the dog's head at a young age. And if your training is good and if your dog is good, it's going to work out. But if your training is shit and the dog isn't qualified, it's going to be a big problem. Yeah, that's so, a, it's a, it's a, a big, super good point. That's a big, big thing. Like, I, I think I've always, uh, we've always been kind of criticized by teaching our dogs at a young age for like outing early. Um, like, cause, you know, eight, nine months, or, you know, even beforehand, like, our dogs will learn to out because, like, that's one of the big things when it comes to like personal protection. Obviously, we want the dogs to bite and, you know, you know, bite and hurt and, you know, pain compliance and all that stuff. But, the control aspect is what saves the dog's life. Mm -hmm. That's what shows like the, you know, animal control, law enforcement, everything like that. Like you can out. I, I think it, it depends too, like what Andy said specifically on the discipline. Like I, I was definitely super shocked. I was one of the people who was like, are you like, are you sure you want to out the eight week old puppy? You know what I mean? When I, <laughs> when I started doing some ring stuff and um, you know, like you get into it and you're doing like the pup is three, you know, four months old and you're doing the, the motions for defense right away. Um, but again, for that discipline, like Andy said, it's an outing sport where my PSA dog still to this day, after all this ring training that, you know, and we even mix practices sometimes. So I'll be, you know, working a pup in PSA and we'll flip over next dog up is a dog in French ring. And, um, it's two completely different programs. Um, but like my dogs in PSA, um, you know, I'm lucky if I start to let them out um before a year old and you know mo the majority of their their whole puppy stage is all built on grip development it's a it's a grip sport the grip is judged and when it comes into sending your dog into an enclosed trailer with a decoy and a chainsaw you need to make sure your dog you don't the last thing you want to worry about is your dog's bite and the and the actual um you know mechanics of the bite um and you know you're you're absolutely right in saying that you can get a dog that can you know, if with, with, with our bloodlines, as soon as that dog lands on that plane, you bring it out, it's going to bite full mouth. Um, but then you got to, you know, make sure you work all the environmentals properly at a young age and, and not rush a little too fast. And that's where I think a lot of dogs in PSA don't succeed um, in the early stages um, because they introduce things on the suit with more confrontation and, and didn't take a little bit slower approach to it. The guys who are standing on the podium in PSA are the guys who took the longest approach, to be honest with you. There's a few dogs, don't get me wrong, that are still super young and, and competing at the highest level. Um, but it's it's interesting because with the discipline, it's completely opposite. You you got, you know, in, in French ring, you want to have a dog who has a ring three by three years old. Um, and then you got PSA, you know, people people are, you know, not even stepping on the field till the dog's three years old. Yeah. Well, so 18 months is the first age range you can do a, P, a pdc right i think it's 14 months 14 months don't, don't call me though <laughs> oh, okay. yeah i think yeah, it's 14 months for brevet, for brevet you have to be a year old yeah we okay. do yeah we do um like when we teach like the the outs on the dogs is we we use like this breaker bar it's like a little like flip uh, like knife um thing that we just literally it's like in the beginning you know we do the lowest boom pop off and then put right back onto the dog right back into the decoy whatever it is to kind of go from there but i mean like that's the biggest and it's also like you know kind of going on to like what you're 
what you know what's the reasoning for the out i you know like with andy sport like you know with crunch ring you know that's it's a game of outs every single second or millisecond that dog is on that fucking leg or whatever that's <laughs> millisecond it's it's points reduction yeah you know, and i don't does, does psa have that same level of yeah. like restriction so- I mean, obviously, they, they judge you on your out, um, but you do have three commands you can use in five seconds in between each command. So really, that's 15 seconds to out your dog. You'd be annihilated in ring with that. So um, You'd lose everything, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. You not, now, not, not, just be yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's different. The out isn't as important, right? But again, when you have your dog biting under extreme conditions that are super stressful, I would rather have a dog that doesn't out than have a dog that doesn't turn on at all. Um, and that's where taking this slow, fundamental approach to building puppies for PSA specifically is, I think, a little bit more successful for this sport. Um, but again, to to each their own. And I know that there's people that have done it really fast. Um, it's just the, the, the in the past and the dogs who have done it and made it to the kind of podium level, they're all people who followed the same approach. Yeah, man, that's what's um, that's the beauty of a sport, of dog sports, because, like, who doesn't love to see a Malinois Dutch Shepherd haul ass downfield and just bang the shit out of the decoy? <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Love seeing that, um, and then you see a dog that you go out. Yeah, Every time right away. You yeah. Start the word out and they go boom. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like they bite, they or they let go just as quick as they take off to go for the bite. So, like, who doesn't love to see that? And the combination of the two is the pinnacle of the fucking sport. You have yeah. a dog that's gonna destroy a decoy, and then you go Jasper, boom. Yeah, on the name. And then he's ready to fuck you up again. That's like the, and you can't say one training approach is necessarily right or wrong. Like, dude, you could have a, you could have a dog, you you start training the out at three years old and uh, they have a lightning fast out. You know, you can't tell that person, dude, you got to start training the out three years earlier. They're like, my dog's out's perfect. So it's like, is there a right or a wrong way? I think like, uh, I mean, even like in our comment section, like KD Matthews, I don't know if you guys know KD, but he's like, just don't train dog, don't train outs like an asshole, and then you won't have a problem. <laughs> like then that's uh, that's been one of the Dude, biggest things I fucking I've seen from like Holland, you know, like just mm-hmm. getting dogs from there. Like you know when we get like the dogs like from like deep deep into the KMPV lines. I mean. You know the way that they train their outs is just like it's almost like barbaric in the in the, in the sense of like how they get the dogs the out. I'm like, it's like, dude, well, it's like the, I think that there's a lot to say there too with the lines of dogs too, and specifically, um, you know, whether you want to be competitive or you want to have a dog that comes down the field and smashes and has a little bit different of an edge to that dog. Um, yeah. You know, because some of the most impressive dogs that have ever hit me on a courage test we're not fast out at all um but then you obviously got to appreciate the other side like what andy's saying where you do have a dog that still comes fast on the field and overall is is a, is a much more well-rounded dog 
uh, might not draw drop you in, in terms of you know the actual hit and intensity um but those are not the dogs that win trophies that's for sure no yep <laughs> yeah like, that's, that's like, like you know you, you gotta think of it like the the out is an art form in and of itself just uh-huh. just the out is an art form in and of itself everyone has a, a little different way of doing it everyone gets a little different results it depends on the lines you have it, it depends on the dog that you have but um like for me, if you get a badass Malinois from like badass lines and they're a big biter, like how much training does it take to get them to go and bite the shit out of someone? Okay, mm-hmm. decent amount of training. How much training does it get? How much training does it take to do that and then have them lightning fast out the first syllable out of your mouth? Like, it's like having a crazy banger that's just in the utmost control. Yeah. Like, you go, uh, and they're, totally, and they're out. To me, so that go- it's super them, impressive. And that, that goes yeah. into, like, the training that I was talking about earlier, is that the clarity in the bite, the understanding of, like, you know, yeah, like what you're talking about, like when it comes to like the the words that are coming out of your mouth. So like when we talk about like the deep water stuff that like that we do when we bring them in there, like you know the clarity of the bite, like what is happening, what are they thinking of the whole entire time. So as soon as like you're like us and pop right right in front of them, or close and pop right in front of them, they're right there. The clarity of the bite and training that and like moving through like those motions and having them understand exactly what the fuck you're saying. Or every time they counter and you dig and the decoy gives the, the verbal reward and the physical reward through muscle flexion and all this other stuff. And just like just that stuff, like those are the things that like I think like those are part of the that's part of the part that I think like that's you know brings into that. Like at least for us, yeah. like all our dogs will will fucking destroy somebody, but you know, the dogs we work with and as soon as you say whatever their outward is, it's Pop, but we build that through the clarity of teaching them how to fight yeah. um, and bringing them mm-hmm. into those those waters um, without creating conflict. And like that's the big thing is you know without creating conflict in the bike because a lot of times you know you know people will walk up and they expect all this stuff and from the dog and they walk up they want their dog to out and like 15 seconds and the dog's like fucking fucking fuck this and then they go crazy they're not necessarily listening and pop like you know you have an issue so like there's there's ways of we've we've been training it for you know years now um to teach the dogs you out without that conflict but also creating that clarity uh you know like that the out though i mean like like you said i think well any of these like you know the out itself is it's, it's its own little art form when it comes to that when it comes to aggression you know and like you know just biting like you know that's the real you know in sport, you know, that, especially in French ring, that's the, you know, it's a, it's a game about. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll tell you what, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the listeners or viewers would benefit to hear this, um, for dog, for dog sports, you're going to train your dog differently leading up to the trial than you would when you're building them 
So like both you guys, this why it's cool that you guys like both you guys have have fought to a certain level. Um, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but fighters go into a training camp and yep. you get ready for your opponent. Like, you know, if you guys had to get in a fight right now in the next minute, you, but you're going to train way differently when you have a fight coming up. So you're going to have a regiment, you're going to have coaches, you're going to have cardio, you're going to have um, all that stuff. So with a, a ring dog and ring three, like you, you have to have uh, a month or two at least leading up to that trial to train them for what decoys are going to be there, for the, the extent of the, the discipline that's required, like you know, I, I competed with my dog at the NARA championships in like, like November or like October, whatever. And then like, he pretty much just chilled out like until like February or, or March or whatever. And fuck it, dude, I pull him back on the field, dude. He's not doing a, a tight stop attack. Mm-hmm. Like his outs are going to be slow. He's, you have to peak the dog to the discipline that's going to be required that they have to execute at that trial. So like training your dog for French ring, for PSA, for personal protection, or or rather for uh, police work is one thing, but then peaking them up to take the actual test is, I mean, it's a training camp. Yeah. You you don't live like you live in a training camp 365. And similar to fighting too, like, you know, I I have this chat all the time too with other decoys. Um, There is such a thing as peaking too early or peaking too late. You know what I mean? So you got to make sure that your your schedule leading up to trial is, uh, you know, built properly. And, you know, sometimes if you're dealing with clubs, newer clubs, especially on the West Coast and PSA, um, you know, it's you got you got to learn a little bit by trial and error or if you're you know work with other people from other sports which in my opinion is always the best way um and kind of follow you know their ways of proofing exercises and making sure that you know you uh you peak at the appropriate time and and your dog's going to be in in top performance for that specific trial oh yeah i mean like it's, it's the same i mean it's the same thing like when it comes to fighting like you know, you dial your camp in, you make sure that the point where you come into that, you know, that ring, that, or no pun intended, <laughs> that ring, that, uh, that field, um, you know, you're ready to go. And it's, uh, it's something that, you know, it, you're, you're, you're just there. I mean, even, I mean, I remember even like my boxing days, like there's points and times in like where you fall asleep at a certain time to make sure that at you know you're awake at this time like you're yeah. your thing like that you get go to sleep here to wake up and make sure you're here for this yeah like, and train you know, at the time you're gonna fight because your, your your body works just like clockwork it has to you know and, and same thing with your dogs you know if they're, if they're trialing at a at a night trial i mean you probably want to train at night right um yep. same thing it's you know um and, and the crazy part is you know going back to the whole talk about peaking and stuff is uh for me like i you know, unfortunately peaked too early for probably one or two fights and your nervous system gets shot. So, and, yep. and you can't move the same, your timing's not the same. Um, so, you know, if you're relating it back to dogs, 
Um, you know, you're looking at like a dog who, you know, has, let's say a, a little bit of an outing issue or like in French ring, a dog that has a troubles with a specific pivot, but the dog's been pretty solid and you peak too early. Um, and then it becomes an issue. You create an issue out of it. Um, and, and that's, you know, going to affect you on that trial day. Um, so definitely super important to make sure that you have a proper regimented, uh, built out plan for that trial. Yeah, man. Plus you got to take into consideration like when you're playing at ring three it's 40 plus minutes mm -hmm. on the yeah. field one stretch that's it it's there's no obedience in them but yeah. it's 40 minutes on the field so you're gonna trial in july in ohio it's gonna be 90 degrees like your dog's <laughs> gonna have a heat stroke your dog's gonna freaking the conditioning, dude, I'm going to tell you what people in ring, they're, they're swimming, they're treadmills, they're, uh, dude, the conditioning required for a ring three dog is almost, it almost shouldn't even be. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so ridiculous. It's so hard on the dog. Like it almost, so you have to take that into consideration too. You have to consider, oh, there's a trial in, um, blah, 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 this day. I want to go to that trial. Well, if you're in Brevet, ring one, whatever. But if you're in ring three, I'm like, hell no, dude. I'm not trialing there in the dead of summer. My dog's going to freaking die. So, like, conditioning is so key. And, like, when you have a dog that's, you know, like my dog, like, he's all jacked up. Like, he's on the field. He's just, like, he's, he, he's a crazy dog. Um, 45 minutes, and you still have to be listening perfectly especially at the end. So it's like such a crazy mental, physical, um, dude. And like, you've seen Malinois when they're working really hard, like they get gone. Like, it's almost like they're oh, drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like they're so just jacked and on adrenaline. And like you drove for 10 hours, you're on a new field. There's new decoys. Like they're just, oh. Like their experiences is, is so key. Dogs that travel a ton and compete yeah. a ton. So like all those, all those factors weigh in. Like how far do you have to drive with the dog in your car? What's your training been like leading up? Who are the decoys that are going to be there? Um, what kind of threat um, do they pose? And for decoys, you know them. Like for ring decoys, you know what their strengths are. You know what their weaknesses are. Like people, people might say about me like, Okay, well, he's good on the attacks, but the exercises, he's a little, little blah. So, like, people kind of know you and know your strengths, and, and you know, they prepare for you. Um, but it's just so all around, like, conditioning, the time of year, who the decoys are, where the trial is, what your training is like leading mm -hmm. up to it. That's why I like the sport so much, is because the luck of the draw in ring sport. Um, ring three, um, the other levels, you draw the night before what order with the judge and with everyone in the trial, what order the exercises are going to be. So face attack, basket, gun attack, sir, you don't know what order they're going to be in. So for example, like with my dog, if we draw a stop attack first, fuck, fuck. <laughs> The very first bite work exercise he has to do 
is stop within three meters of the decoy, he's probably going to bite if the stop attack is first. <laughs> if the stop yeah. attack is drawn last, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And even for the obedience, like if some obedience exercises get drawn before others or some are next to others, like some dogs will benefit that uh, from that and some dogs won't. So that's why it's so fun because like I've been to trials where I know goddamn well this dog is better than my dog. Like it's just a better dog. But the luck of the draw, the day it was, my dog got more points. You know, mm -hmm. no different than football, no different than baseball, basketball. Like it really comes down to like the freaking coin toss. Who gets the ball first? Um, that's just what makes it so exciting. Like the decoys that are there, man, I was at the regionals in Wisconsin. And I don't know if you guys know the decoy, uh, Bambino, his name's, um, Ivan, super Ivan. cool. If you, yeah. know him, you should for sure follow him. He, bro, I saw Bambino do the dog in white, which is like the practice dog, like the judge. Can I saw Bambino do the dog in white and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, that's just the fun of it. Like, that's the fun of the sport. You get a good decoy, you get a crazy draw. Dude, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Your dog might come home with a nice trophy or he might, you might realize your training sucks. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> you were not prepared. <laughs> totally. That's the exact same, exact same way I look at PSA. And that's why I love the, the, sport specifically just because you know again with you know routines that are created a few weeks before the trial you have no clue what you're getting into the decoys have no clue what they're getting into um you're really just relying on your fundamentals and hoping they carry you through whatever uh whatever scenario or variable is going to be thrown at you and that's why i love this sport and it's just you know again it's super super exciting um but uh, it's it's definitely super cool for me to hear you apply that same kind of thought process to ring and you know the the luck of the draw of the order of the scenarios for sure too i think like i think that's like one of like the coolest things that i get even just like talking to like it's like andy like i'm not sure if you ever can be like any like in combat sports but like the same thing like the thought process of preparing for the worst even if like sean i think you mentioned this like yeah. that one percent of time like you may see this preparing for that one percent and as a decoy and as a handler that's probably like, it's like, that's one of the most important things. Like I, I like, we're always like, you have to prepare for that one time. Yeah. Like that. And, <laughs> even no if you don't see it, you still need to have it, you know? Yeah, you um, still, it might not be necessary. Might not have to have to do it, but yeah, one time. And, and like Andy said earlier too, he was talking about, you know, no matter how badass your dog is, you know, it could be an absolute monster and um, have control too. But no matter what or who your dog is, there's always going to be that one person or that one variable that will throw that dog off. So, you know, you have to yeah. make sure you, you know, you, you expose it to as, ma as many different elements as you can to make sure, um, you know, the behavior is going to be consistent at what's thrown at you. 
um, you know, whether it's, you know, talking as skis um, and the different ways that French ring decoys uh, operate that, or you're talking PSA and you're getting into different uh, things that the decoys are handling ha or holding on the bite or, you know, like even, even the retrieve, there's so much unknown in the, in the PSA three ret retrieve that, you know, it's pretty hard to prepare. Like one of the hardest ones that um, I saw was uh, in a trial down in Massachusetts a few years back, they did a, uh, a steel trash can lid but they had to throw it into the back of a uh back of a like a cargo truck with two decoys at the front of it and two decoys at the dog and the handler and everybody's antagonizing the dog and trying to get it to bite and the dog literally has to go to the back of this cargo truck to pick up this steel garbage lid in the middle of four decoys uh or two decoys who are blocking pretty much the entrance um and, and you know that that's the type of stuff again if you didn't if, if you didn't show anything like that to your dog there's no way your dog is going to retrieve that item no it's, it's all it's all about the the pictures and the stress and all the stuff you put on them and how you reward them after that and the, having a good training decoy and just having good training in general dude it's such uh i mean like alchemy like it's so i mean it depends on the trial where it is, what training your dog has had leading up, uh, and like you in PSA, like the judge comes up with this scenario, and you're like, oh shit, that might be a problem. Like it just all. That's why it's so fun. You know, it's almost it's not a gamble, but it's almost like, let's see how this goes. You know, for the high levels, for the mm -hmm. high levels. Big time, yeah. It's almost like yeah. we think we're prepared. <laughs> we're gonna find out if we are. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, yeah. I think my training good, and that's the dude. You know what? That's what really attracted me to dog sports because anyone can say they're a great trainer. You know, pe people out there will go, "Oh, dude, I'm a I'm a badass trainer," but now, now test it. Now put it to the test. Now, now show up to the arena and put it to the test. And then you're going to find out if you're the best because there's a point system to determine that. You know, imagine if, if there was no NFL and there's just a football team that's like, dude, we're the best. And then the other team's like, no, we're better than you. And there was no way to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you want to figure out who it is. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway. Yeah, man. Definitely. It's, uh, it's just a fun thing. You know, hey, maybe there's someone competing against you that you don't necessarily care for. I mean, this stuff just makes it interesting. Totally. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that guy's training's nothing. Oh, I'm way better than that guy. And then he beats you. Yeah. And you're like, totally. And then, and then, you, you know, you take that too. And, and that all comes back to, you know, I, I think a lot of people in dog sports are super competitive and you got to just channel that in a positive way. And it's, it's, you know, that it, it, it could be your world. Like, like for my club specifically, um, you know, fingers crossed the borders are going to open up soon. We'll get a host of PSA trial. But with that being said, I have just in my club, I think three dogs or four, four teams competing just level two everybody's trying to beat each other and it's my own club. You know what I mean? And I work all their dogs. So, you know, you, 
and my dog personally is going to be competing against them too. So, um, you know, if, but that friendly you know, awesome. competition there um, is, you know, what, yeah. what gets the chills going down the and back. It, and Anything could happen. Your yeah. dog might break a toenail two days before. Totally. totally. Big and time. Affect his shit, dude. It just totally depends. Like, you know, you hear stories <laughs> of like an athlete, you're like, oh, they got in a huge fight with their girlfriend before that game and they fucking sucked on that game. Like, dude, yeah. the same with dogs. Like, a dog shows up to a trial and they're on antibiotics. Yeah. Because they had some weird thing happen. So now their cardio is screwed. So yeah. they broke the toenail. Now their jumps are going to suck. Totally. And it's like anything. That's fun, though, man, having that club and, and having all those dogs in and seeing it. I mean, for you, you want everyone to pass and you want everyone to crush it. But whoever gets the I highest still want to win, though. <laughs> yeah. score. Yeah. Just <laughs> depends. Hopefully, I don't know. I'd hope it was me, but <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I oh, mean, it, and then and then if there's a if there's a problem with my own dog and and my team specifically, I just blame my other decoys. So, <laughs> hey, it was that guy. You shouldn't let him work the dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. No, it's it's all it's all the funny games. You know what I mean? And and. You know, when, when you get caught up yeah. in trial decoying, you kind of, you know, you, you kind of forget that a little bit in the sense that you're trying to be super, super competitive and you're trying to bring your A game uh, to the field. And you're, you're not really looking and getting down to the level of the handlers and, you know, all the work that they they put in that you're just about to try and unglue. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, handling a dog, there's a huge benefit to that if you're a decoy as well because you get a see that side it makes you appreciate a lot more like yeah sure yeah. i might have just ran this dog off the field um yeah. but how long is it going to take this you know this team to re come back from this and, and retrain through all that right and you know you'll see a lot of decoys when uh, they get to a specific level um and they're able to you know let's say take points on a dog or run a dog off a field um they won't go to the handler and have a friendly chat about it after and um that's where, you know, I, it's kind of a hard thing for me because that's the first thing I want to do. I want to talk to them about how, you know, I think that they can work about this issue or, you know, what they're doing currently uh, to, to make their dog better because that's all you want to see. Yeah. You, you want to see the dog succeed in the end of the day. Um, you know, we're just specifically put on that field to make sure that they don't. <laughs> or, or try doing to your sure. job. Yeah. Or right? you're the competitor. So, you're, 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 you're the one fighting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, you're just doing your job. Yeah, it gives you way more of an appreciation. Like when I first started decoying, I just wanted to kill every dog. Totally. <laughs> but then, you know, you know, I got my own dog, whatever. But then my club, like I started um, putting all my club members in trials and I wanted to see them do good. And then, you know, next thing you know it, I'm like to this, you know, to a I'm, Come on, bro. Lighten up a little bit. Come on, it's a club trial. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah, totally. Like total uh, appreciation for both sides. But with that being said, like, hey, ring three, it's on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ring three, for it's sure. On. For for French ring, ring three, it's on. I don't care for friends. Totally. <laughs> totally. Three, Go time. I mean, your dog, your dog better be ready because if not, I'm gonna expose him. Yeah. Totally. And, and for me, it's, you know, it's PSA one and up because, I mean, 
you'll see me on the field, even at my own club trial, I'm not taking it any easier on my dogs. If not, I'm going harder because it's my training that, you know, I want to see succeed and, and be able to handle the yeah. certain level of, of, uh, intensity out there. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's game on. It's trial day. It's a whole different ball game. You tried to help prepare the team. And if, you know, something happens, then, you know, you, you got to look at, you know, going back to the drawing board and, and figuring out where that is. Yeah, man. Uh, I, so before we end this, um, so before we uh, cap this off here, one, I want to thank, uh, thank you guys for being on here. Um, both. And if you're not following Sean and Andy and your decoy, you, you are missing out greatly. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> you are, and exactly, and it's how dare you not, like, you're missing out greatly to some of the most athletic, you know, best decoys out there. Um, and, you know, my consideration and my opinion of what it is, um, I do, um, I do pray for you guys if you meet any one of my dogs on the trial field. Um, because it's gonna be bad. <laughs> it, it's gonna. It, it, I love it. Just yeah. Just once. Love it, man. Just once you, once you, once you get bit by them, just you know, send me the you know heart emoji or something like that. Um, <laughs> because I, I will prepare the, these dogs to uh, to hurt. So. Love it. <laughs> but love yeah, it, I appreciate. I a hundred percent appreciate totally. you guys. Everyone, follow the links that are on the question things. These guys are amazing and amazing individuals um, and you need to follow them. You need to start working with them, especially if you're into the sport work. Um, and just again, guys, I appreciate you guys for being on here. Appreciate uh, you having thank us. You. Thank yeah, you. Hell yeah, guys, man. Anytime. And then um, we got to get you out to Cali. Uh, and also one thing that people don't know, Roman's probably going to get pissed off at me, but we are preparing a decoy online course. It's not set up yet. I just talked about it 15 minutes before we got online um, yeah, with sweet. these two amazing <laughs> gentlemen. Um, so they will be teaching courses on PCU. Um, so make sure you guys tune into yeah. that. And then we will have some good times. But hey, guys, uh, again, Appreciate you guys for taking the time out of the day. I know it was a long, I know it was a long time here, but you know, I, I thank you guys, man. Yeah, no, thank Love you. It, you I, uh, yeah, appreciate it. It's been a, it's been a great chat and um, uh, silent silent little plug here. If anybody's gonna drop a follow, follow me on Facebook because my Instagram's a little bit unfiltered and I don't know how many people appreciate it. So uh, definitely Facebook uh, is is the way to go. Um, that's where all my dog stuff is usually posted. So. <laughs> Sweet man. Hey, quick, Bro. quick plug for me. Um, follow me. We just started a new YouTube channel. I don't know if I don't know if you guys seen. Uh, we have a couple videos up, but it's gonna be super cool, dude. Um, it's really different from any kind of videos that we've done. But our YouTube channel, just search the Dog Oasis on YouTube. Um. And we just have some super badass videos there. Um, you can check them out, but there'll be a lot more coming. We're gonna we're gonna keep doing it. And um, again, super appreciate you guys. Um, fun, very fun. Awesome guys! Well, cheers. Cheers, boys. We will be talking in a second yeah. here. Thanks for everyone tuning in, guys. Appreciate everybody. Later. Got it. Later. Ha, ha, ha.